Hey everyone, welcome back to A White Girl's Guide to Hip Hop. It's uh, episode five already, and you know, I just feel like everything's just coming along. Like, we're chugging along with the conversations we've had, and I think that the conversations have been really great. I've gotten some really great feedback, um, which is, of course, pushing me to continue giving you guys content um, over something that I love so much, and I hope that you continue to listen and you continue to enjoy what I uh, put out for y'all. Not necessarily me putting out, but content putting out. Um, I've been watching uh, this new Amazon show called The Marvelous Miss Mazel, and it's basically, has nothing to do with hip hop, but basically this woman, she's a housewife in the 50s, and you know, she, you know, becomes a stand-up comedian, basically, and she makes a lot of jokes about putting out. So clearly that's where my mind is right now. But we're talking about putting out content for you, creating content that you enjoy and that you'll learn from, um, and that we just really enjoy creating together. Um, A little bit of housekeeping things before we get started today. I have fixed the iTunes podcast app, so we are back on iTunes podcast. Um, I have no idea what happened, but... Long story short, uh, my RSS feed was being blocked by iTunes, and so my episodes were there, but no one could see them, and it was just a hot fucking mess. Um, That took me way longer to fix, and I'm really sorry, but they are all there now, all the episodes, um, previous episodes, so starting with episode one, um, I'm going to get a trailer up there, so hopefully uh, we get some more friends in our little hip hop head community. Um, so that being said, let's get into East coast hip hop. Um, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, what's the definition of real? Yo, talk really. You ain't, uh, no in between. Line them up, cousin. Uh, What's the definition of real? I still into the field. These pills give me the chills. Oh, we push the foreign. The first shit I wrote in was stolen. These bitches get boring. Rarely catch me wearing Ralph Lauren. More into Giuseppe. Mean. Now the words you niggas can tell me. Now critics can suck a dick. Talk to niggas in prison daily. Trav past the red. These presidents, I gotta actually dead. Clientele don't match the consignment. Just give me half instead. Naturally pimp shit. Cease massaging me in the rover. Knocking piff shit. You blogging like biscuit. Foreign sense. Is violators, they call forensics That felony stopped my Canada paper Not to mention, Toronto love me Eritrean girls call me hubby I'm trying to learn their language My niggas tell me I'm lucky Alright, so before we get started I want to make a disclaimer And I guess Kind of a note um, on some feedback That I have gotten um, Over the past, like, maybe one to two episodes Um, But If you are listening to this podcast and you are upset that you did not hear an artist that you really thought that I would talk about, just give me a shout out and say, hey, can you cover so-and-so? Instead of just being like, I'm surprised that you didn't talk about this person. Well, there's probably a reason I didn't. Um, But, you know, again, this is a journey. I have no set destination. I am just taking all of this in and I hope that I'm at least getting you intrigued and giving you a good taste of what is to come. Um, And so basically with that, like, you know, that really is kind of the forerunner to this East Coast episode. Um, I, there's so many rappers that come out of the East Coast. So New York specifically, there are hundreds of rappers. And I don't want to sit here and make you a four-hour podcast um, and because I would rather you be like, oh, that person's from New York, maybe, like, let me go look who their recommended artists are on YouTube or on SoundCloud or Spotify so I can learn a little bit more about the region. Um, So today is very much going to be a light taste on New York City, DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia, Philadelphia, and Boston. So we're gonna kind of cover those in a very light way. Um, And after we're done with this conversation, We'll finish up talking about the West Coast, and then I'm going to get into specific rappers. I will talk about the beef between Tupac and Biggie, I promise. I will talk about cypher battles, and I will talk about individual artists and freestyles and SoundCloud rappers, and we will get there, I promise. So just bear with me while we get through the basis, covering the ground basis, and then we can have all the fun we want um, after. 
So that being said, um, I like I said, we're going to talk about New York, DMV, Philly, and Boston. But what technically defines East Coast sound? So, of course, um, if you have been following me um, in my journey on White Girls Guide, um, I did my second episode. I talked about um, the history of hip hop, and so uh, you know, the East Coast is where hip hop. Hip hop was born. Um, it was born in the Bronx in 1973 by DJ Cool Herc. Um, and since then, you know, rappers today still take influence from those original sounds. Um, so there's kind of two subgenres um, that I classify as subgenres that really have emphasized the New York sound. Um, there's not a you know a direct instrumental or a direct language or even a tempo beat that defines these cities, you know, kind of like how I talked about Midwest or Dirty South. Um, East Coast is very much conceptualized, just like other cities are, but they definitely have two distinct subgenres. Um, one being boom bap, and that's kind of um, it's an instrumental play on 1990s hip hop sounds. So if you've ever listened to Joey Badass or um, yeah, I think Joey Badass is probably your best example. If you've ever listened to his original mixtapes like 1999 or even his latest album, um, All-American Badass, you're going to hear those boom bap sounds in his music. I never knew the world could be this mad. Only vision I had of sex was coloring me bad. And I, I never knew the world could be this cold. Only time a nigga died, he was playing the role. But now niggas get their soul stole so often. The only thing they offer demons is awakening a coffin. For men, why it's a coffin? Down to and then you have conscious rap. Now, conscious rap has more to do with lyricism, um, but I definitely think that it's a subgenre of hip hop. Um, just because you know you have hip hop that talks about drugs, just like we saw out of Houston. Um, you have boom bap sounds, like I just mentioned. You have mid coast sound, Midwest sounds, like the chop, the chopper style, chop and screw, um, and then you have like the weed sounds of the West Coast, and we'll get into that next week. But with the conscious rap, um, that definitely has to do with lyricism. Um, so that's talking about politics or, you know, police brutality or um, inequalities in your neighborhood. A lot of rappers, you know, like um, Nas, he's talked about gun violence. If you look at, um, I mean, Tupac's done, did, because um, he's no longer with us, RIP to the king. Um, but he talked about violence in his neighborhood. We have Kendrick Lamar talking about Donald Trump today. Now, Kendrick Lamar is definitely a West Coast rapper, but under conscious rap, him, Joey Badass, and a few others kind of reign in that genre. Um, you also, you know, if you look at 444 by Jay-Z, he's done some more conscious things like talking about his mother being a lesbian. That may necessarily not be conscious rap per se, quote unquote, but it is something that is not historically done in hip hop. And so it makes you think a little bit. And that's the whole point of conscious rap is that it's supposed to open your mind, make you think deeper to the bigger problems surrounding our nation. Um, but, you know, there's really no definitive sound, like I said. Um, however, you know, if you are from the East Coast, usually your influences are going to be from the East Coast. Um, you know, unless you look at artists who maybe headed over to the West Coast to get with a label and then they came back. But at the end of the day, most people are always going to say that Tupac is an influence, that, um, you know, Nas is an influence. And those are going to be your 90s rappers um, that really kind of set the tone for what East Coast represented. Um, and like I said, we're going to get into that, you know, East Coast versus West Coast sound um, later on. But so artists that fall under uh, New York City. So when I mention New York City, I'm talking specifically all of the boroughs. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be like, this person's from the Bronx, this person's from Queens. New York is New York. They all pretty much sound the same. But you have Biggie. Um, you've got Nas, Jay-Z, Wu-Tang Clan. And then you have Rakim. Um, I'm a big Rakim fan. I think he definitely is kind of... You know, one of those, like, when you want some, like, 90s hip-hop and you just want to, like, chill and listen to 90s hip-hop, or Kim is definitely the artist to go to. His album uh, that came out in 1999, it's called The Master. Um, I 
tend to refer to it as the Purple Album because he's in hues of purples and gray. Um, but the album The Master is probably my favorite Rock Him album. Um, I definitely, that was like kind of the first Rock Him album I ever really got into. And so it definitely kind of set my uh, opinion of his discography. But Rock Him's really great. You should check him out. And then, um, you know, out of New York, too, we've got Dave East, um, who is my favorite artist right now. Um, I've written a lot about him. Um, I talk about him a lot. I fight Def Jam on Twitter because they don't promote him enough. Um, but Dave East is, you know, he's from Harlem. He reps Harlem. He was an XXL freshman, um, and he does a lot with Ice Cube right now. Um, he just had an album come out about a month and a half ago, um, and the part two of that album actually comes out next week, and I am so freaking stoked for that. Um, Davies is like huge, huge promoter of marijuana, but like I don't even care. Like Davies is like gangster rap, and I I just I love him so much. Um, but then, you know, and with Davies too, he does a, he's a really good freestyler. Um, and I think that's one thing that we're really going to see in East Coast hip hop is I just feel like, um, I feel like East Coast rappers are so much better at freestyling over tracks than any other maybe area of the United States. And feel free to internet fight me on that, on that statement. But I just feel like, East Coast rappers have that battle rap under, you know, under their skin that's in their resume. They've done battle rap or ciphers before. And so I just feel like they're so much better at freestyling and even like recorded freestyles. Um, so like, for instance, Dave East over the summer, um, or I guess maybe it was the spring, but he did a freestyle over um, the track Unforgettable that was French Montana came off of his album, The Jungle. Um, but it was a really popular song with Sway Lee. And so he did a freestyle over that. He did a free smoke freestyle. He did a mask off freestyle. He's done a few freestyles with, um, with Tory Lanez. I don't know why I am just like blanking on people's names today, but so he's done work with a lot of people, but you know, the thing with like recorded freestyles that I feel like we see from the East coast rappers is that they're still really good recorded. Like it's not just them like sitting and just like they're in the studio and they just drop some bars, right? Like how we see on like the five finger death punch on Sway in the Morning. Um, or, you know, we see like how Black Thought was on uh, Hot 97, you know, like, so I feel like East Coast rappers are just so good at just freestyling. And that's something that's definitely what intrigues me about East Coast hip hop. Um, but then, like I mentioned, we also have Date, uh, Joey Badass and then the ASAP Rocky crew. Um, ASAP crew, you have Rocky, you've got 12E, you've got uh, Ferg. A lot of those guys are all from the New York area. Um, but yeah, so Joey Badass is a conscious rapper. Um, he's only about 23, um, and he's definitely like making moves. He put out two mixtapes, and then right like right around the time he was 17 that got a lot of national attention um including 1999 which was his first mixtape um and that really set the bar for him being a conscious rapper because he talked about you know single mothers and he talked about inequality in his neighborhood um where he's from in new york from the borough he's from and so that really set the tone of who he was going to be as a rapper and that even though he was only 17 like he cared about his community um, and he's really stuck by that you know his recent album all american badass came out last april and it was like it's like top five albums for me of all time um you know not necessarily because of you know if you got the gut scream fuck donald trump that's like when i saw uh, Logic and Joey Badass perform over the summer. I saw them here in Austin and I like went ape shit when I saw Joey Badass. Like I, I respect his artistry so much. And just like the fact that he cares enough to talk about the issues that we have in America. You know, he was, he's even like gone on to talk about even like protests in New York, he did this. Uh, he did this interview with the CEO of Robinhood, which Robinhood's like this nonprofit in New York that works with um, youth. It's mainly for homeless youth, um, and so he did this whole interview, and you know, he was talking about how he doesn't feel like protesting is right for him because he's not able to like 
make a message. Like, sure, you can stand there with a sign and protest something, but he thinks that going into the studio and recording how he feels is way more impactful. You know, and one thing that he talked about is just like, you know, if I'm sitting on a street blocking a street, I may be blocking a mother trying to go pick up her children. And that's an inconvenience. It's really not making a statement. It's just being inconvenient. Um, so I really respect Joey Badass. Um, I think that he he's way more advanced than what his age is. Um, you know, we a lot of us were born with old souls, but I think Joey Badass just naturally has a, you know, a conscious mind like he cares about his community and his country and he wants to see black kids rise up and you know see the equality and see less police brutality and shootings of unarmed teens um and he's actually starting a podcast uh through title it's going to be exclusive to title which is stupid i'm gonna flat out say that but like i don't want to pay for all these stupid platforms so if one of y'all have title and you love me enough, like if you could just record the podcast and like send me an MP3, I love you forever. Um, Cause title's expensive y'all. Like I, like to me, like I'm probably gonna pay for it, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so with um, New York, you know, I kind of breezed over the older rappers. Um, but you know, with Nas and Jay-Z and Biggie, uh, they really set the tone. Like I said, they're, mainly 90s rappers you know jay-z got a start as a drug dealer and has a now multi-billion dollar companies um him and beyonce combined um nas is definitely you know one of those rappers that kind of spearheaded the conversation about gun violence he has an entire track um that references him it's actually like it's from his it's from the point of view of a gun. So like the entire song, I gave you power, it's what it's called. Um, it's like, he's pretending to be the gun. So he talks about, you know, being clean and being in someone's pocket. And then all of a sudden he's shooting someone. Um, and so that's like, it was really powerful. Um, I remember like, I really wasn't, I really didn't listen to nineties rap, um, maybe up until probably like two or three years ago now. Um, you know, like clearly like I knew who Nas was, I knew who Jay-Z was. Um, I obviously, you know who Tupac and Biggie are if you go to any mainstream sh store that sells t-shirts, um, which that's a conversation we can get into later. But you know, it's, I didn't really understand like why they were considered OG rappers until I really started listening to them. And you know, OG technically stands for original gangster, but I feel like these artists have done did so much for the music industry that I feel like some people don't necessarily respect anymore. Um, you know, a lot of these younger rappers are like, oh, they're, you know, they're out of date, whatever. But Nas wrote the entire Hamilton soundtrack, and I know y'all love that show. So that Broadway show, even if you didn't see it, you know the soundtrack. Um, he's worked with so many up and coming rappers you know he does producing he apparently dated Nicki Minaj not like that should go on his resume but you know Nas still like is a very predominant person in the game um he also did a lot of the soundtrack to the to the movie The Land which was based in Cleveland I think I talked about that on the Midwest episode but Nas is like hella relevant and so you know again a lot of influences coming out of New York even you know if you look at artists who are in you know, the Midwest or in Oakland, they're still going to reference East Coast hip hop because New York is an OG state. Like that's like, that is where hip hop came out of. So that being said, let's move on. I know I did not cover New York in the way that I should, but I just want to give you an idea. So moving on to DMV, which is DC, Maryland, Virginia. Um, there's not, I mean, DMV is very much still kind of like underground artists. Um, it's very heavy in like the underground scene, um, but like more mainstream underground. So I'm going to try to explain this theory the best that I can. Um, but as hip hop is now becoming the number one most listened to genre, there are so many artists who may not be on the radio but they are known okay so for instance gold link 
most people probably don't know who Goldlink is, but he was on Jimmy Fallon not too long ago. Uh, or sorry, not Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. He played Jimmy Kimmel. So if you watch Jimmy Kimmel, you've seen Goldlink. You may not know their name, but there are things that make underground artists popular without making them mainstream. And I feel like that's kind of where DMV is at, where they're producing a lot of incredible artists, but they're not hitting the mainstream sound waves yet, but you probably still know who they are. And I'm like I said, that's a really confusing theory, but we're starting to really kind of get away from what underground means. Unless you're considering underground people who, you know, for me, I consider underground artists who have less than 100,000 followers on YouTube, or maybe 50. 50 is probably a better shot. Um, you know, they have less than 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. They have less than a million monthly plays on Spotify or SoundCloud. Um, you know, that's what I consider underground, where like if you hear the name Odyssey, he's a rapper, but you may not know who he is, even though he's got a pretty large following. So what you consider underground and what I consider underground, maybe that's a conversation for another episode of trying to figure out like what underground truly is now. But in the DMV, you've got artists like Goldlink, Odyssey. Um, you've got Logic. Now, most of y'all probably know who Logic is now. If you listen to any radio station, you watch the MTV Awards, you know who Logic is. So Logic, Bobby Tarantino, uh, whatever name you learned him as, um, he is out of uh, Maryland, ideally. Um, and he has been a rapper for a long time. Um, I've been following Logic, oh God, for maybe like four years now. So I'm like OG Rat Pack. Um, and Rat Pack is kind of like what they call his following. Um, but he, you know, started out as a battle rapper and he was going by the name of uh, Psychological. And he jokes a lot that, you know, it was such a mouthful that it ended up, they ended up cutting his name to being Logic. So Logic is a, um, a biracial man. Now, you know, that does not matter. I'm going to say that right now. But Logic has gained a lot of attention over his last album called Everybody because he firmly addresses being biracial. He has a white mom and a black dad um, and he grew up in a crack house pretty much. Um, he's not uh, quiet about it at all. Um, he uses a lot of his childhood and experiences to kind of push him to be uh, more positive. And he has this whole saying, peace, love, and positivity, right? So he doesn't really like to, you know, he doesn't talk necessarily about drugs and murder. Um, but all of his albums have been concept album so to speak and so if you listen to everybody I definitely recommend listening to everybody in order um, because of the of it being a concept album so basically what that means is that Logic sat down and said I want to make an album that's literally for everyone that touches on race religion what is his saying he's like race religion color creed sexual orientation um, and so he has uh, Neil Tyson who is an astrophysicist narrating or commentating these stories of Adam. So there's this gentleman named Adam in the in the album who basically has died and he's in a car accident and he finds out that, you know, he's been reborn and he's gone through all of these life phases and basically Neil Tyson is playing God, right? But throughout each experience, you have different songs um, that represent, you know, different parts of life. So you've got, you know, Black Spider-Man where we're talking about, you know, why can't Spider-Man be black? Um, and then you've got, you know, the the title out, the title track of the album, Everybody, where, you know, Logic's talking about, I don't care that I'm mixed race, you know, my wife is Mexican, like, I don't care, right? Um, and so Logic is just really honed in on the idea of having, you know, concept albums, and he does it really well. Um, I haven't seen another artist that does it as well as he does. Um, but ideally, you probably know him from his 1-800 song. Um, it's the Suicide Prevention Line, 1-800. Uh, 
1-800-273-8255. And Logic has talked a lot about his push to create this song that, you know, he didn't really understand how many lives he had changed until, you know, fans started telling him, like, you impacted my life. And he, he's been interviewed multiple times where he said, I wasn't even trying to make an impact. And if I make an impact without trying, let's see what I can do when I do try. And so him, Alessia Clara, and Khalid got on a track. It's been the number one track for months now. Um, and it got him a spot performing at the Grammys. He's being nominated for two Grammys. Um, so definitely fingers crossed for him because... Logic deserves so much. Um, and he's also, I believe he signed to Def Jam too. He's been signed for a while, um, you know, and that's the one thing about Logic that is interesting too is that he he's never had a, you know, a top 10 hit, even a top 50 hit until everybody came out with 1-800. Um, but every show that he's had, even before he was signed, he's sold out almost every show that he's played. He's been selling out arenas. He's been selling out clubs. But yet he hasn't had a one hit, you know, a top hit. Um, and so when we talk about underground, Logic's technically been underground because he was never on the radio. But he's mainstream because of his record sales, because of, you know, his touring sales. And he's done a lot for the label that he's signed to. So then finally out of DMV, um, I'm going to give a shout out to this next artist because I, I literally love him. Um, he, I've tweeted him multiple times, um, but Popular Maine is literally my favorite SoundCloud rapper of 2017. Um, he does so many freestyles over tracks. Like he just released this one um, over uh, Walk, which is by Young M.A., um, I was never a fan of her until that song. And then when Popular Maine did a freestyle, I was like, I'm set. Like, I literally love Popular Maine so much. And I tell him all the time on Twitter, I don't even care. But like, he is literally my favorite artist that I have found specifically on SoundCloud. Now, we didn't talk about SoundCloud rappers all day long. But, you know, SoundCloud rappers kind of have a bad rep that they're like, the shitty artists of the music industry like they're really just making beats in their in their parents basement like they're really not going to go far but you have to give soundcloud way more credit because one it's a free platform i well it was um but a lot of artists like that come off of soundcloud i feel like at least the ones that i listen to you know just kind of have artistry right like it's really hard to find good recommended artists through Spotify. Um, I found, I usually, I find all of my music most of the time off YouTube, but Popular Main on SoundCloud definitely like set the bar of me finding new artists um, on the platform. And like I said, he does a lot of freestyles um, and I just like, I don't know. I'll play you guys track right now because I love him. I go make some two-faced niggas. Stay out my way, stay in your place, nigga. It was all love, but now I hate niggas. I really came up, I'm feeling great, nigga. In the whip with my shorty, got east bumping. Poppy low, main the streets, know I eat something. I keep coming, this he's gunning, they keep running. Feet jumping, the streets sucking, the beat thumping. Yeah, used to listen to Shady, a white boy, and some nigga shit so amazing. I'm spitting like this, can't nobody phase me. I had to get it out the gutter, ain't nobody made me. Uh. Boxy sky high. I swear to God a nigga probably die high. I be trying to sober up, then I start thinking, nigga, why try? We only know we guarantee one life, yeah. And there's a price to pay. It's a free for all, but all these niggas riding waves. Fuck Twitter in real life, I'm saying free the game. I'm thinking how I'm gonna spend it when I leave out the bank. Yeah, I'm thinking how I'm gonna spend it when I leave out the bank. Fuck Twitter in real life, I'm saying free the game. I'm thinking how I'm gonna spend it when I leave out the bank. Hello, man. <laughs> okay, so I've already mentioned Gold Link and Odyssey. Um, Gold Link was on Jimmy Kimmel. Like I said, their song Crew is literally, has been my song for months. It's like my top, literally top three song. I listen to it once a day at least. I just, I love it so much. Um, their album is definitely like... It's not necessarily like 
a terrible album and that's so shitty for me to say because I love the song Cruise so much but it's just like you have to have the taste for Gold Link um it's very much like hipster kind of rap um unless you're looking at feature songs um but it's you know it's a pick or choose you either like Gold Link or you don't kind of like how you feel about uh J.I.D. or Earth Gang um there he's just one of those rappers like you either like him or you don't um so moving on to Philadelphia, um, I'm just going to touch on Philadelphia really quick. Uh, you know, historically, I'm sure you've seen the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, but Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff came out of Philly. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about them. I'm not like, I think Will Smith is a fun rapper. Um, I actually wrote a whole piece comparing him to his son. Um, but I just like, I don't take Will Smith seriously at all. Like, I think that he just like, He's like wanna has a good time wanna have a good time kind of rapper. And, you know, he doesn't really get too in depth with any conversation. Um, he is good at rhyming. I think that that's one thing that uh, Will Smith has done well is that he's able to rhyme like every line of his flow. Um, yeah. So and Jazz Jeff is a DJ. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Feel free to tweet me and tell me what you think about Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff because I just like, I don't know what else to say other than Fresh Prince. But out of Philadelphia, you have the GOAT, the King, Black Thought. Now, if you're on social media, I'm sure you have seen over the last couple weeks that Black Thought has literally exploded the hip hop community. So he got on Hot 97 and threw down on this freestyle. Like he just like, he has been in the rap game for so long and he's the front man of The Roots, which is Jimmy Fallon's band. He, it's the house band on his show. They're here literally every day during South By performing. Um, but Black Thought, like, I feel like he just set the bar for rappers. Like he literally was like, fuck it, I'm gonna throw down, like I don't care. And just like let it out. And it was so incredible. I'll put a link in the notes um, so you can watch it. I mean, like, it's one of those things where you can't explain why you love something so much, but it's just so fucking incredible, this freestyle that he did. And it was like 10 straight minutes that he just went flat out and went so hardcore and touched on so many things. Um, and I think, frankly, like it shocked people because, I mean, Black Thought has always been an incredible rapper, but like he just came out of nowhere and just attacked it, right? Like it was just, it was so incredible. So he's out of Philly. Um, so definitely, if you don't know who Black Thought is, listen to some of his older stuff, um, but check out the freestyle. And then lastly, we've got Boston. Now, I'm a little biased because there are, well, the three artists we're going to talk about, I really enjoy them. Um, they're more on the underground side, but they've done things to make them uh, social media conversation lately. Um, but the first, we're going to talk about Joyner Lucas. Now, Joyner Lucas has always been I guess more on the conscious side um his 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 recent album uh 508 507 2209 which a phone number um he did an entire album that talks about suicide that you know he had an entire music video from that album um for the song I'm sorry where it's literally like a guy hanging himself um and Jordan Lucas like the one thing that I like about him is that on his heavier topic songs he's never in the video um so like the I'm sorry video he's not in in his most recent track I'm not racist he's not in it at all um and the the actors so to speak are actually lip-syncing to his music now I'm not racist has literally blown up um I would be surprised if you hadn't even seen that title before um, because he made a lot of wave with that song. So basically, I'm Not Racist, if you haven't seen it, um, is two men sitting at a table in kind of this like warehouse. And um, Joyner Lucas didn't release the track before the music video. So everyone was watching the music video upon first here. Um, and he waited about two weeks to put it on any social, any um, music platform. So you had to watch the video to kind of get the full idea. But basically, it's these two men sitting at a table and you have a white 
male who is a Donald Trump supporter. He's wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Um, he looks like an asshole, a dick. Like, I don't even care. Like, that's... He just... Like, they did such a good job casting this guy because he looks like a dick. Like, so then you have him. So then on the other side of the table, you've got a young African-American who's got, like, a little bit of longer dreads. He's wearing a pullover, um, kind of like a golf jacket. So he's got, like, a distinct, like, kind of Joey Badass, ASAP Rock-inspired cultural look, right? So the, the music video opens up with the white man basically calling out the black man for the preconceived notions that he has about African-American culture. So basically he covers topics like, uh, you know, becoming a drug dealer instead of getting a real job, uh, not paying child support. Basically the white man says, or I mean, it is Jordan Lucas talking, but you're seeing the white man say it all, but he, you know, talks about, you know, why do my taxes have to cover you? Cause you're not working. Um, and basically at one point he says, if you'd pull your pants up, you wouldn't get shot by police. Um, so, and he definitely drops the N-word multiple times. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was like a big deal when the, when the track came out because a lot of people didn't realize that it was actually Joyner Lucas speaking. Joyner Lucas is black. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of like, holy shit, what is going on kind of um, conversation. So as the as the cameras shift, you know, you see this African-American male teen. He looks like he's maybe like 22. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you see the camera shift and you can see that he's getting agitated by certain commentary. He's getting pissed off. He's, you know, pulling his sleeves up on his shirt. And then all of a sudden, um, the white man, you know, says, stories have two sides. I want to hear yours. And so that's when the African-American male starts talking about his point of view of like how whites have this preconceived notion that, you know, blacks never work yet. He's putting in job applications everywhere. He's just not getting a call back. And so he has to go sell drugs so he can put food on his table. Um, he talks about, you know, going to school and, you know, um, police brutality he talks about Donald Trump, um, you know, and basically at the end of the end of the music video, it's the two of them hugging out. And that started a lot of controversy because a hug really can't fix racism. Um, and I've talked about it in an article. DJ Booth has come out talking about it. And while it was a great concept, um, it's not going to fix the issues that we have. But Joyner Lucas did an incredible job starting or not even starting, but continuing that conversation of inequality. So that's Trina Lucas. Um, he also has had some beef lately with Logic. Um, he was on Everyday Struggle pre-Joe uh, Budden leaving, RIP. Um, he's not dead, but, you know, he left the show. Um, but he had some beef with Logic because apparently he had played Logic's manager a track off his 507, 508 album. And then all of a sudden, Logic came out with 1-800. So there was some back and forth beef with that. But overall, Jordan Lucas is a really good dude. Um, he's got some good music, so definitely check him out. And then the last artist we're going to talk about out of Boston is going to be in... I'm going to call this guy a true underground, um, but his name's Michael Christmas. Um, he's got... He's just like a chill dude. Like, he just... He's one of those people that, like, doesn't seem like he really gives a fuck. He's just making money or making music to just make music. Like, he seems like he's that dude that's friends with everybody. Like, he's just super chill. Um, he's got two albums out. He's done a lot of talk in his, um, in his music. He references a lot of, like, Kanye stuff, um, which is really cool because not a lot of people, like, straight up reference Kanye West. Um, I mean, they do, but when they reference him, they actually call Kanye out. Whereas like Michael Christmas talks about 808s and heartbeat heartbreaks. He talks about um, Roses, the song Roses, which is like my favorite Kanye song, um, clearly, because I say that like all the time to y'all. Uh, but Michael Christmas, really cool. Um, his music's mainly on SoundCloud, um, but I actually found him on YouTube. Um, so he's, you know, he's very similar to artists that we've been talking about today um, from like the newer generation. Okay, so then finally out of Boston, um, we have the artist Token. Now, Token is literally incredible, y'all. Like, I 
love tokens so much so he's like this 19 year old kid who is selling out cities he's gotten uh you know shout outs from mark Wahlberg calling him his favorite boston rapper and literally token is the next eminem but like original eminem um he's literally like i've never heard a flow from a white rapper the way that i have from token you a mean little widow Need therapy little widow I don't really give a little minute shit about any of these little widows Rappers always walk up to me in the show venue Ask me for a feature I'll tell them sir no thank you I should just be honest I don't mean to offend you But you should probably get better for I molest you I get the flows and the patterns to make a rapper lose control of his bladder A soaking wet mattress and piss on the sheet through this religiously Tell them poking the pastor and most of these rappers are jokes and a half They're just holding a laughter like What? Yeah what? How the fuck you suck that much? Oh I got a pretty fan wedding in a minivan called eraser shavings um and a lot of his like content has to do with high school which is really cool um you know he definitely is able to you know connect to his experiences and connect to his audience um his younger audience but you know he has songs about bullying and he talks he has this entire song called exception where he basically is talking about these kids bullying this other kid and him not standing up for this kid being bullied and ultimately the kid being bullied brings a gun to school and shoots his bullies um and it's just like so powerful because here you have this 18 17 18 19 year old kid depending on what part of it work his career we're talking about you know really pulling from like everyday conversation and making an impact on his fellow teens and I think that that's really cool but he also like he's got some battle rap uh in his background and he's killed it on freestyle so he was on the five finger death punch on sway in the morning and did over a hundred bars acapella basically without instrumental and fucking crazy like token I it, he's never gonna listen to this but like bro like I love you so much like he's so incredible so I'm going to talk a little bit about Tupac and Biggie. Now, we are going to talk about this again, okay? So before I just give you a broad overview, just know we will touch on the subject again because we're going to talk about Tupac next week. But if you've ever heard of Tupac and Biggie, you literally have heard about East Coast and West Coast hip hop. So Biggie is from New York, Tupac's, Tupac is from Cali, um, and they are known... They're credited pretty much with starting hip-hop beef. Um, now, what is the word beef? It's not a wonderfully grilled patty burger. Um, but beef is basically a term that when you have tension with another rapper, you throw down some tracks calling that rapper out or mocking them or basically dissing them on a track, right? So they're really the ones that started the beef. Um, basically, Tupac uh, released a song called Who Shot Ya? And he dissed... Um, his robbery and shooting um, and then like turned around and insulted Biggie and Biggie's label Bad Boy um, you know and it kind of went back and forth um, there's other songs from uh, basically 1995 till when Tupac got shot where he's dissing them on tracks kind of like hit him up um, there were other ones like bomb first um, but the media really got involved with this beef because it was starting to be a heavy conversation. You know, Biggie and Tupac were both celebrities. They were the top of the rap game. And so if one's beefing with another, that's a conversation that everyone's going to be talking about if you listen to hip hop, right? Um, but technically, Biggie never officially retaliated in retaliated on a track. There's some, you know, back and forth discussion that there were subliminal disses where he didn't call Tupac by name, but he did diss him. Um, but, you know, there's also been interviews where Diddy has said if Biggie was going to diss someone, he'd call him out by name. So we may ever know, but apparently there was supposed to be a record that was supposed to be released. Um, but then Biggie ultimately was also shot in a drive-by shooting similar to Tupac about six months uh, apart. Um, so that beef ended um, because of their deaths, but that's one thing that kind of keeps them infamous. Um, and I've actually, I've written a lot about this idea that, you know, if you don't really know hip hop, 
but you know the name Tupac and Biggie, you're going to say, oh, I love hip hop, I love Biggie, or I love Tupac. But really, like, what do you know them for? And I think that's one thing that I want to spend a little more time on these artists um, in a future episode, because I honestly, like, you know the top Biggie songs, Biggie, 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 Can't You See? You know, like, songs like that, like, you know who Notorious B.I.G. Biggie is. You know who Tupac is because there's 67 documentaries made about him, the most recent with Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, But what really defines their music? You know, who really, why do you love Biggie or why do you love Tupac? That's something that I want to, I really want to dive into um, because I really don't know anything about them. You know, I feel like they're kind of kept infamous because they're on t-shirts at forever 21 or you know they're on i think there was they were on some stuff with the supreme clothing line um but you know like what other than that like what makes them the them the kings of hip-hop right um so that's why i really didn't cover them a whole lot today because i want to spend time actually looking into their discographies and their lives and you know diving in deeper with you on them um but so kind of shifting away from that um but still kind of in that dis beef mode um one thing that also came out of new york is cypher battles battle rap now i am like really into cyphers y'all like i when i found out about battle rap i probably spent every night for a few months just watching battle raps on youtube um But so there's a difference. So you have battle rap, which is like, think of like UFC fighting, right? Like you have rings and rounds and it's, you know, audience strong and there's a lot of emotion and a lot of energy and there's a lot of disses to the other battler that you're up against. Um, Whereas ciphers are more mellow, I guess is a good term to use. They're not as... Uh, focused on the other artist Um, instead you know there's an instrumental or you know an already created popular song that you could freestyle over Um, and they take artists take turns grabbing the mic so you have so with like ciphers you have times right so usually it's like 30 seconds to a minute um, that you have the mic maybe two minutes depending on um, which cipher we're talking about but You get on the mic and you just kind of go, right? You go with the flow. You go with what you're feeling about. There's really no pressure to, like, respond to the person that came before you. Um, And it just is like a rotation. It's much more um, audience just enjoying the cypher rather than battle raps where you're trying to get the worst out of each other and get the audience hyped. Now, African Mambada, like I said, um, is accredited with creating battle raps in the late 70s, early 80s out of New York. Um, but today's, t- 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 today's ciphers, sorry y'all, I cannot talk. Like my brain and my mouth are just not linking up today. Um, but ciphers are definitely a subgenre of their own. And I think it would be a disservice if we didn't classify them and give them the credit that they deserve. Um, but you know, like I said, I think that East Coast does such a better job at ciphers, battles, and freestyles than a lot of other artists do. But my favorite ciphers um, are all kind of in the same category, um, so to speak. So they're kind of all in the same genre. I found them all kind of on the same platform. Um, they're all associated with a media outlet called Team Backpack. Um and I got into, that's, Team Backpack's kind of the how I got into Cypher specifically. Um, and like I said, all of these artists have kind of interacted with the, with each other at some point. Um, but the first is Austin Benjamin. He's my favorite Cypher rapper, but he also does really well recorded. And I just like, I have so much respect for him and I've, had the opportunity to write about him a couple of times and he's given me feedback on the internet and love for you know writing pieces about him and so I really respect him and I yeah Oswin's amazing um and then Token obviously he's about he's done some battle rap um even recently even though he's been on tour and whatever um and then you have Chris Rivers uh who is the son of Big Pun and Big Pun was a rapper um in the 90s uh before he was shot and killed 
Yeah, so Chris Rivers, um, they're all from New York. Big Pun was a rapper, his dad. Um, but Chris Rivers, like, he put out an art, an album um, that has some boom bap feel to it. Uh, it's called DeLorean. Um, and it came out early 2017, end of 2016. Um, but he's got this song called Old Thing back on that album, and it's like, got this like 90s feel to it right like this like 90s love like it just it's really clear it's he's really great recorded and live um and then finally we have Denzel Porter Denzel Porter doesn't really do just like releasing freestyles like Oswin does um but Denzel Porter's really great on a mic he does really well with round ciphers um he's very crisp he's really clean um and he always has strong content um that not really is necessarily relatable but that you can follow along with and understand um and i think that that's really important in cypher is like being able to relate to your audience without being negative or you know dissing the other artists and focusing on that he's able to focus on other content um but yeah, so I found all of them through Team Backpack. I'll put their link to YouTube um, on the notes for the show. Um, but yeah, so that is East Coast Hip Hop, y'all. Um, I think I made you a really long podcast, but whatever. You know, we're all learning, we're all chit-chatting. Um, but East Coast definitely is way more depthful than what I covered today. And so please... Please just bear with me. We are going to talk about everyone and everything. We're going to be here for a while. White Girl's Guide isn't going anywhere. So make sure to subscribe to me in the iTunes podcast store, all you iTunes and iPhone users. Um, You can find me on SoundCloud. You can find me on Twitter if you want to internet fight me. Um, I'm all about sending funny gifts to be sarcastic asshole that I am. I really hope that you enjoyed today. I... Love talking to y'all, and I will talk to you next week. See you later. Hook my nigga Dave up with a freak from out the east side. Say she only fuck with Harlem niggas flying G5s. It's real, baby, but my dog is there, baby. It's all clear like when money's all there, baby. I'm good, yeah, tired, popping, I'm all, yeah, baby. I go and hit them all and they like, oh, hell, baby, it's the kid. The ocean shore with a pool reach. Uh, Bitches got me feeling like I'm LL Cool East. Nah. Next tell sales, they posted bail after two weeks. Damn. Toast out in Greece. I backed it out on the new dash. Shit out. Can't ride with me, homie. The coupe got two.